So often it feels like, you know, we, we kind of get lost in the Christian walk. And in our, in our faith, we're like unsure sometimes, and we have a harder time than even the Baptist at trusting God. I'm sorry, I didn't, okay, I didn't mean that. <laughs> but some Christians do better than other Christians at being able to trust God with the unseen world. You know, there's an unseen part to this. First, we, we find a, a known promise. We stand on it. We hook to it. We believe it. And we rejoice about it. And our faith is anchored on the word. Sure, we expect these things. But we don't know exactly how and sometimes when it's going to come to pass and how God's going to do it. So we have to leave some things in his court, don't we? But in his court, it's all working perfectly. So we need some high trust, some really uh, sincere faith that, you know, God's got this. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, when do you decide, you know what? It's going to be all right. What's going to be all right? Everything's going to be all right. Now, I wouldn't say that you just blindly say that, ignoring all of the things. If if you haven't addressed them with the word, eh, you have a harder time saying that. So there are some Christians that say it just to ignore problems. But we can say it because we've already addressed the problem. Amen. We made our request in faith. We know for sure God's going to take care of it. It shall come to pass. Right. When, does it, when do you decide it'll, it'll come to pass? Is he going to do it? And so I just want to go through several thoughts on that tonight. Start with Daniel 9. Uh, because there's a behind the scenes working that you need to have confidence God's taking care of some things even though you can't see it. And then and there's that song we sing. Even though I can't see it, he's working. Even though I don't see it, he's working. Even though I don't feel it, he's working. And he never stops. He's working. He's doing something. I think that he, he does it even easier when you can trust him. Daniel 9. It's on page... 971? It's on page 1210. One day we're going to have our own Bible, Houston Faith Church Bible, with our own annotation in it. That'll be my last project before I go to heaven. You don't have to be enthusiastic about it. I'll take care of it. Daniel 9, uh, I mean, you have to kind of filter through the way Daniel's talking about himself and his nation. He didn't have the born-again experience, but he was able to trust God. He had greater faith than many Christians, uh, and so he prayed. And so when you have faith in God, you pray, and you expect something. But here's a couple things that Daniel uh, said that he went through, but it gives us some insight on, you know, what's really happening. Daniel 9, verse 20. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin, the sin of my people Israel, presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, began being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. So, so angels actually respond. Right. God starts working and angels start responding when you start praying. You don't have to see them. Daniel saw them. You don't have to. He proved that they're there working. 
Well, I need to see one. No, you really don't need to see one. It's better if you can have faith without having to see an angel. You do need to trust that the unseen world's taking care of your problem. Verse 22, and he informed me and talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, I've now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. Do you catch that? At the beginning of his supplication, his praying, his requesting, the command went out from heaven. I've told so many people when they come for prayer or help or any, any such, I always remind them, no, you've already prayed about this, right? Oh, yeah. Do you know what happened when you prayed? The command went out. You got to believe this, though. You got to have real confidence that he already heard your prayer. Amen. I'm not going to, I don't usually re-pray for people. I've told so many people, you don't need me to pray. Working miracles is different than just praying. Working miracles requires a different action. Declaring is different than just praying or supplicating. Sure, you want to supplicate. Once you've done that, then what? Well, number one, you're going to have to trust behind the scenes God's doing something. The command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. I'm not going to go through the vision. It's talking about the end times, the plan of God for Israel, where they had 69 weeks, seven years of 69 on the earth, and there's seven more to come, which is the tribulation week, 70 weeks total. But that's a whole nother message. I just wanted you to see Daniel's getting revelation from God, a vision that he was praying about. And from the moment he started praying, the answer was coming. So when you start praying, man, that's when you start, as soon as you make your supplication, that's when you, everybody open all the doors to the house. Who knows how it's coming? Open the front door and the back door. It might just come right in right now. You have to trust that God's coming in. He's taking care the moment you pray. See, this is how real God is, how much he really does love us. But you got to trust that. Look at chapter 10 here. Regarding the vision, Daniel, (laughs) I mean, he had great faith to have great visions. And God answered him. Verse 2, Daniel 10, 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks fasting. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came to my mouth, no grape juice, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. He was seeking to understand the message. Chapter 10, verse one. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold of Euphaz. His body was like barrel, his face, like the appearance of lightning, his eyes, like torches of fire. Arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. Sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. 
Therefore, I was left alone to see this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty, and man, I retained no strength, probably fell down to the ground. And that's why some people fall, you know, the power of God just kind of makes you just tumble. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. I've now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Hallelujah. The first day. See, God's already heard your prayer. You're not trying to pray better. Well, if I, what if I, I need to say it more eloquently, I guess. God, let me go look up some definitions. No, that's not what you need. You need faith. You need some true trust in God that behind the scenes, he's, taking, he's doing something. And he would prefer that you not know about it. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. So here, the, the, the angel of the Lord is, he was coming on day one. The prince of Persia, a demon, withstood me 21 days. Spiritual wickedness in heavenly places is what the prince of Persia was. Not a principality, that's the lowest form. The spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. The prince of Persia, a demon over Persia, withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. The demons of Persia, get this, this angel is dealing with the, the, the demons of Persia for you, well, for Daniel, but for us, God's unseen heavenly host deals with unseen things for us. But Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many, to many days yet to come. So all Daniel had to do, it's very important that you recognize you don't need to know, Daniel didn't need to know what was happening out there. He didn't know that there was a resistance to the message getting to him. All he had to do was just hang in there. All he had to do was just hang in there seeking God. All he had to do was just keep trusting God. All he had to do was pray and expect and just hang in there, knowing that God was doing something behind the scenes. He didn't have to command anything. That's the realm we don't have to mess with. We don't have to mess with spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's God's realm. We take care of this realm and the realm just behind the veil here. Demons that could be just behind the flesh veil. We cast out demons from people. We get demons off our shoulder. We don't have to worry about national or regional demons. We don't, need, we don't have authority for that. We have to hang in here. We do what we can here in this realm. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness are messing with people. The spiritual wickedness is a different realm. All Daniel had to do was hang in there. All you got to do is hang in there. You got it? The angels are working for you. They'll overcome. Don't you worry. You just hang in there. If you need an answer to prayer, you just expect it. You pray it. You stand firm. You trust. You just hang in there. Some things, if they're written in scripture, like if you need joy and you're expecting joy, you can have that in the morning. 
So you don't need to wait three, three weeks to get delivered from depression. That's right, that's right. If it's written in scripture, you can have it tomorrow morning. Tonight, you can have it tonight. If it's something else, if it involves like other people and coordinating events and you know, all this other stuff, you might have to wait a little while. Uh, if it's a special thing not written, you might have to wait a while. Uh, but provision for your life, you can have it today. Amen. Now, you might have to follow the Spirit. Like, he, you might need to hear God tell you, go by the river, uh, and, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. But God's already got it. See, God's already commanded. The, remember, he told Elijah. He said, go, go to the river. I've, command, I've already commanded the ravens to feed you there. You'll make it through the, the famine. He's already got it figured out. You might have to hear the command to get in the right spot, but you got to trust God. I mean, to be able to hear from God, there's some other stuff. That's a whole other message, how to make sure I'm hearing from God and in a place to hear from God when I need. All that kind of comes to play here, but you got you to be a, a, a faith person. Faith person. Hallelujah. Remember Isaiah 65 says, it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. Before they call, God already knows what you're about to pray. He already knows what you have need of before you ask him. He already knows. You're not trying to convince him. You're not trying to present some problem to him. You can't surprise God with your big problem. It'll come to pass before they call, I will answer. And while they're speaking, I will hear. Glory. We do have command in the New Testament, 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Oh, and if he hears us, we have the petitions we desired from him. So if we pray the Bible, he hears us, it's settled, he's already working. I can go to lunch. Got it? But you just need to act like you believe that. You need to walk away from prayer like you actually believed it. You need to treat prayer like I just met with God. I just got face to face with God. His beard's a lot whiter than your beard. You're trying though, good try. I just met with God. Thanks, God. I can have peace through the week now. I trust that you're taking care of this. Don't even have to think about it anymore. If I do think about it, I'm just going to praise you. You walk away so calm because you're trusting God. You're truly trusting God. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 13. If you're out in the lobby preparing for later, go ahead and give us a holler so we know you're there. Go ahead and give us a holler so we know the speakers are on out in the lobby. Okay, I see them waving. They're waving. Let, let, me, let us hear you holler out there. All right, there we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> the system is working. We put speakers all over this building so no one can hide from what's being done in here. We lived with many years. People get uncomfortable with what's being preached and they, that's their bathroom break time. No, 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 no. There's audio in the bathroom. We almost put video screens in there. 
We almost did it. We saw some samples around Houston, restaurants. We figured you didn't need to see the preacher while you were, but you need to hear him. So if ever y'all go in the restroom and the volume is down, you crank it up. There's a, vo- there's a dial in there and I don't, I might, might not should have told y'all that. You could at least report it to somebody. Hey, there's no volume in there. Somebody's trying to hide from the message. Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, verse 21, uh, verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Listen, he's working in you. He's working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. You got to trust that. You got to trust that. You got to recognize that your tribulation and your trial, he's working in you. So that number one, he can incite you to faith so that you will go straight to him rather than natural reasoning. He's trying to incite you to faith because that will help your spirit grow. And he's also developing character. And he's trying to help you grow spiritually and recognize it. That he's working in you, things that are pleasing to him. That's the goal of life. Amen. Amen. The goal of life is not just to have more comfort and more things going my way. Well, if all my family was just acting right, <laughs> you better drop that as a goal. The quicker you can drop that as a goal for your happiness and joy and contentment, the quicker you can start growing spiritually. Amen. You got to trust. You got to trust God. He's working in you. The most important thing. Hallelujah. He's trying to make you complete in every good work to do his will. That's our goal. I'm trying to just be complete in God, trying to follow his will in everything. That includes my relationships with people. So the the actual circumstance and end of what needs to happen or what I think needs to happen is less important than how I handle it. I must walk in love. I must handle this with dignity and honor. I must consider people. I, I must do it like Jesus would. I must act like Jesus, think like Jesus, talk like Jesus, treat people like Jesus, love like Jesus. That's more important than the end stuff that I'm expecting and needing from people. Amen. That's good. So a lot of this has to do with our relationships. We're expecting everybody to treat us right and they don't treat us right. And, oh my gosh, God, please solve this problem for me. Just let him work on you. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that right? right? It's about the love of God being for Christ being formed in us. So get it straight. Get the goal of your life straight here. All right. We're trusting God with that. Go to Ephesians with me. Ephesians chapter one. Well, these days there's less and less pages turning. Everybody's just waiting for that screen to pop up. So why why should I do it when the person in the back there is looking it up? (laughs) Ephesians one, verse four, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined to us or us 
having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. You have to recognize God has some good pleasure in these things that he's planned. In working with you on a daily basis, that's part of his good pleasure. He's adopted you. He's got this planned out for you to grow up in Christ. Simple as that. And this is why we see that, you know, it's like, well, how come God would let so-and-so die so early? How come God would let so-and-so go through so much? Uh, And and here's why. Because he's, he's relegated to faith. Like, he can only really respond to faith. He can only respond if someone's truly confident in him and truly trusting him. That's when he gets involved. And he's just kind of forced himself not to get involved if you're not trusting because the most important thing to God is not the fact that you got your, your flesh ailment uh, fixed or delivered from. That's not his main goal. His main goal is that you develop. His main goal is that you know him better. His main goal is that you get close to him and understand him. Part of that is to have faith and get the miracle. Then you understand him better. Have true faith. Once you get the full assurance of faith and get the miracle... Wow, that was exhilarating. And God's like, yes, I know. I've been pulling you this way for a long time. So he, he, he'll, he'll delay things because he can't really jump in. So he just lets it happen uh, so, that, so that you'll grow, so that you'll trust, so that you'll learn how to know he's working in your behalf. He just takes great delight in that. Come on. That's why it's impossible to please him. Without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's okay to ask why. I'm trying to explain why. There's probably a a hundred other things to explain why, but I think that that's a good start. Look at verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? You got to trust in this mighty working. Whatever's going on, he's got some mighty working going on in there. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, part B, part C, 12C, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He's he's doing it. Trust that. Trust that he's working in you. In the the moment of crisis, it's all right. Everything's going to be okay. He's working in me. I'm going to do this in love. I'm going to do it with power. I'm going to learn some things about God, and I'm going to do it right. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to get some power on the scene, see some miracles in here. That'll make it all worthwhile. That's why he said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Great faith is a result of great trials. You're not going to have great faith. On paper, you can, but you're not going to have true great faith unless you overcome something. And that's why you need to look at it. Okay, here we go. We're going to do something. We're going to to move this mountain out of here. We're going to beat this devil out of here. Here it goes. Here it goes. We're going to do it right now. Glory. Go to the book of Psalms with me. Psalm. Start with nine. Psalm nine, verse 10. Uh, Verse nine, Psalm nine, nine. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, 
a refuge in times of trouble. Verse 10, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Come on, don't you believe the Bible? So then why don't you put your trust in you? Why don't you quit worrying? Part of this Christian walk is you got to put your trust in him. Everything's okay. Is everything okay? Yes. Just say it out loud. Say, everything's all right. That solves it. Everything's all right. I'm going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. God's, I'm with God. He's with me. He's working in me. Man, I'm growing up in Christ. Most important thing, getting closer to Jesus. Most important thing, everything's going to be okay. Crisis coming down the road. Hey, no problem. God will somehow fix it. He'll alter it. He'll help me overcome it. He'll help me escape right through it. Or if it's tragedy, he'll reverse it. Psalm 33. Proverbs Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those that put their trust in him. It's like, it's like, what are we trusting exactly? Well, we're trusting his word and we're trusting his nature. Yes. We're trusting the way he does it. We're trusting his system. We're trusting his ways. We're trusting a person. Amen. He's got evidence of how he operates and that he always operates. Psalm 111 here. Oh, wait, did I say 33? Psalm 33, 4, for the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. You have to know that his working is going to be done in truth, with justice and mercy. That his tender mercies are over all his works. You have to trust that tender mercy is coming from God. Accept that. Before you even see it, just say, okay, I'm just going to to have some mercy. I'm going to expect tender mercy. And God will carry me in a bubble through this hardship. I did a message one time called the bubble boy. That, that you need to feel like, you know what? I'm in this kingdom of God bubble. And God is in the palm of God's hand. I can go through a troop. I can run over a wall. I can do anything I need to do. I can beat every devil because they can't touch me. Any hardship, any need that I have, I'm in a bubble, everything's going to be okay. Trusting God. He's right and all his works are done in truth. And if, and if, and if, you, if you have such great conflict and if you're stumbling and, and it's a rock, so rocky, you need to examine self, not God. Or, or maybe go ahead and examine God so you can get some faith in him. But you need to examine self. You, you've probably missed a couple steps here like... You forgot to humble yourself. We've been dealing with humility versus pride. Uh, pride goes before the fall. He resists the proud. If you're feeling resisted from heaven, you got self way out front. Come on. Your prideful self and selfish self and self-centered self is just way too far out there. And he has a hard time helping. Uh, Psalm 111, are you there? Psalm 111. Verse 2, the works of the Lord are great. 
studied by all who have pleasure in them, or sought after by all who have pleasure in them. You need to have pleasure in the way God does this spiritual stuff, the spiritual working in the unseen world, the spiritual working inside you. You need to have pleasure in that. And his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's given food to those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He's declared to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are with verity and justice. All his precepts are pure. I mean, sure. They stand fast forever and ever. They're done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He's commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. You have to trust that what's happening from heaven toward you is perfect. If, if stuff's not happening perfect to you, it's not from heaven. You have to start putting some trust in heaven that his ways are perfect with you. And that'll help you. That'll put you in a bubble, help you go through all the hardship that you're facing. But in that, you're, you're happy with God. And if you're not, listen, if you're not happy with God, if you're not fully smiling with joy and love and peace and righteousness in your heart, then you've somehow stepped out of the bubble. You're not really trusting God. This is your evidence that if you can't carry on with peace and glory and love and joy, then you have not trusted God properly. It's evidence. It's not condemnation. It's evidence for yourself. You got to go, go spend a quiet time with God and, and get over yourself. Cast your cares over. Start reading some of these faith scriptures about trusting the Lord and knowing that he's working for you. Sing the song a hundred times. For three minutes, everybody's full of faith in the church. Even though I don't see it, he's working. And then they walk out of the church. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Psalm 138 says, verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Do you believe that? Yes. He's going to perfect it for you. Why don't you just be happy about that? Be happy about that for a month and don't be worried or fretful or upset about anything for one month. Can you do 30 days? Can we have 30 days of you stopping fretting? 30 days of you stopping being upset. I don't see a whole lot of nods. I don't see any smiling teeth. I see a lot of frowning faces. 30 days, 30 days, trust in God for 30. Can we get three days? Daniel took him 21 days to get his answer. Can you go 21 days? 21 days. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He's perfecting my life. He's perfecting my works. He's perfecting my, my call, my destiny, everything that pertains to my life. He's taking care of me. He's perfecting it. I don't have to be upset or in turmoil, that settles it. I'm gonna be happy tomorrow. Might even drink an extra cup of tea, chocolate milk. I know, I know, I tricked you there. Hallelujah. 21 days, trust God, 
that, that he's doing something, taking care of your life, already, already heard your prayer, already, already working on it. And all you got to do is focus on the other stuff. Focus on the glory of God and how much you love Jesus and how much you love people and how wonderful everything is. Glory to God. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.